everyone. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is the Off the Bench podcast. And today I'm joined by David Medina, the founder of OFA Media. We are going to talk about Christianity and the culture. This is going to be a fantastic interview. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for taking time out of your day to spend a little bit of time with me talking about uh, where we can meet here at the intersection of faith and culture. I'm very excited to introduce my guest to you. He's first time on the show, but I've been following him on Instagram for quite a while. We met last year when I was speaking at an event for my friend Andre Ivanov. You guys will remember Andre. He's been on the show several times and uh, struck up a friendship. I love what David Medina is doing in terms of his advocacy for good things in Oregon. Uh, David was at the front of the anti-mandate movement in Oregon, the largest anti-mandate movement that was out there. And you guys saw him all over the internet. You know that I was covering this for quite a while here at the show. And I've just come to really respect David and what he stands for. We're going to have a great conversation. David, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Heidi, for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to hear. This is your first time at the Homeschool Resource Center. What do you think? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i telling you right now, I was just telling you, when, when I was walking through here, I felt this crazy, there was this crazy spirit of like, this is how education should be. You know, I have a 15-year-old daughter and the, the kind of things I'm seeing in the public school system right now are it's 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 tragic the the direction that that's headed. I mean, it was already crazy. It's it's gotten to a whole new level of crazy these last two years. And so walking through here, I'm I'm just I'm happy because of what you're doing here, yeah. and, and I see all the joy on these on the kids' faces. But I'm also kind of upset because you went through some persecution too, like where people, why would yeah. you want to mess this up? This is what yeah. education, this is what it should look like. So yeah, thank you for what you're doing. That's awesome. You're welcome. Well, it's politics, right? You know, right. and we certainly this is something that you know quite a bit about you and I in neighboring states, uh, you in Oregon, of course, and myself in Washington. I don't know if I told you, I think I did, but I grew up in Portland. So mm. I graduated from high school at, at Portland Christian High School. And my husband and I were married uh, and went to school, Multnomah School of the Bible in yeah, yeah. Portland back when dinosaurs roamed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> roamed the earth. And Portland used to be a beautiful city, it used yeah. to be a livable city. Uh, Oregon still a very beautiful place certainly geographically, but it's become a very dark place spiritually. Absolutely. And you know, you know, what's crazy is um, I've seen a pattern of that in the churches. Um, that That's what's more. As the sad. church goes, so goes the nation. Right. And, you know, it's like I used to work in downtown Portland for four, four years. I've seen the craziest things. I mean, I've been ch- I did loss prevention. I mean, you guys know loss prevention is you try to catch shoplifters. So I've dealt with some crazy people. I've, I've been chased by someone trying to stab me with a needle. I mean, I've been in the trenches in Portland and you kind of expect places like that to to kind of go downhill. You never expect the churches to go downhill. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing, not just in Oregon, but in America. You're seeing just this 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 style of church where you're trying they're trying to please people. They're trying to put on shows. They're trying to do everything except stick to biblical truth. Mm. You know, they're trying to please people, trying to itch their ears. And, um, you know, that's that's where I really think um, things are going bad. You know, the church is the, the church in America is we need a reality check. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? So I spent a lot of time on the show talking about the need for Christians to know God's word. You know, we're <laughs> we're in a generation of Christians, right, who can stand up in the middle of these gigantic worship services. We know all the songs we got. Right. All, we know all the <laughs> lyrics. We can raise our hands, but we don't know God's word and we can't defend it. Yeah. 
And I'm wondering, you know, from your vantage point in Oregon and seeing what the lack of involvement from the true church has been, where do you think this is coming from? How do you think we got here? Yeah, you know, and I'm not someone, look, I, I, we're all flawed, right? I'm not someone that's going to come. I'm not trying to preach and trying to put other people down. The Bible calls us to, to speak truth, right? I, I mean, he, they call us to, it, Jesus calls us to speak truth. Right. It calls us to call out, he, he tells us to call out false, false teaching and false preachers. And actually he said, uh, well, let me ask you, do you think we're in the end days? Do you think we're close to the I end I think times? we are. Yeah. I can't I mean, imagine that we're not. I mean, it's everything that the Bible is saying, the days of Noah, right? Like that's when you know the man, the son of God is close and mm-hmm. coming back is the days of Noah. I mean, we are seeing such a godless turn and not, like I said, not just in our public education, not just in, in our other institutions, but in the church. And I think the reason why is because we're getting into this, I mean, social media, yeah, social yeah. media is enhancing everything. It's, it's a an dumpster fire. It's enhancing truth tellers, but it's also enhancing cowards as well. Mm-hmm. And so we live in this world where people are so afraid of speaking truth. They're afraid of being confrontational. Jesus offended. And, and let me tell you something. There, there are people that say, you know, Jesus uh, we, they loved, he loved and he hung out with sinners and they, you know, you've heard that argument, right? Oh yeah. And you know, but he also called them to repent. And a lot of churches are leaving that part out. A lot mm-hmm. of churches, you know, um, I won't name names of certain pastors out there of these mega churches, but they're out there and they're, they're telling people what they want to hear. And they're afraid they're, they're, they're afraid to offend well, them. Well, wasn't this Paul's admonition to Timothy? Right. You know, Paul coming to the end of his life, looking at young Timothy, Paul's been mentoring him and shepherding him. And Timothy uh, wrestling, obviously, with the spirit of fear because Paul had to say, listen, dude, come on. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. But then he also warned him. He said, Timothy, a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will turn their ears to whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. And this is the first time in recent, I think, ever. When we have decided as a culture that men can give birth, that men can have babies. It's evil. Uh, it's evil. And and even the people that are pushing it know that it's wrong and they yeah. know that it's evil. But it is uh, the responsibility of the church, as I said last week on the show, we should be at the front of this. And instead, we're at the rear. Yeah, we're like a lot of Republicans today, right? They're, they're terrified of being called names. Yeah. They're terrified of being called racist. They're terrified of being called... Terrified of being uh, canceled. Of being canceled, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, in today's age, like I said, that's why social media and big tech, I mean, it is really the center of everything we do. It's how it's how we we communicate more. I mean, back in the day, I'm old enough to remember back in the 90s where a phone call and knocking on someone's door is how you would communicate with somebody. Yeah. And I'm talking like a phone call, not where you can see the screen. Right, where right. You can, where you figure out who was <laughs> on their line by hearing their voice. Right? Do you remember your childhood phone number? Dude, I do. I do. I do. I seven remember four my, three two zero four nine six six seven three four two seven. Yeah. I remember mine in Gresham, Oregon. That was our family's right. uh, phone number. I can tell you my husband's phone number from the house where he when he was living with his parents up in Washington State when we were those, dating. Those phones that went like this, Heck yeah, where you put your it was finger in awesome. It. Oh man. I dialed nine one one so many times on those phones because it was just so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and also I was a really bad kid too. I was a really rebellious kid, but I I remember back in the day where. You know, you, you were, were churches. They weren't afraid to, to speak truth. They weren't right. afraid of all this because you didn't have big tech at the center of your business. A lot of these mega churches, yeah, yeah. a lot of these preachers that are out there. Um, and I, I like I hate kind of sounding like this because I like, again, I don't want to sound judgmental, but the, this isn't talked about enough, Heidi. Um, they're terrified of having their YouTube pages taken down. They're yeah. terrified of having their Instagram, their Facebook taken down. 
the church I go to right now, Athey Creek, I'm so grateful for it in Westland, Oregon. It's crazy that a church right outside of Portland is speaking as much truth as these guys are. Yeah. But uh, they, you know, he always makes comments like, we're just waiting for the day to for YouTube to, to pull us down. And he's not pulling back. And he's like, yeah. we have our own servers and we have our, our website. But I think that that contributes to why we're at the point where we're at right now where, where churches are so terrified because they're afraid of losing their status. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of, of making people upset. You know, when you see some of these pastors hanging out with Justin Bieber right. and hanging out with all these right. celebrities, you know right. something's wrong something's because wrong. the Bible's pretty clear about how uh, you're supposed to live in the world, not of the world. Right, right. right. Um, and so that's a red flag within itself. And, and you know, even it, it goes Well, deeper. it didn't go well for Hillsong, did it? It didn't. But it, it's but you still got big churches out there. You still got it. big churches. And, and it's, uh, you know, speaking of Hillsong and the music, Christian music industry is another thing. Yeah. I love some of these songs, but yeah. I mean. Yeah. The CCM industry is like a dumpster fire. And seriously, it kind of goes back to what I was saying at the uh, at the open of the show today. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got a generation of Christians who can go to church and, you know, it's a light and it's a it's a laser light and a fog machine show. Yeah. Right. And I'm not I'm not dissing Christian music when I met my husband. Uh, you don't know this about me, but fun fact, David, when I met my husband, uh, he was uh, touring around the Pacific Northwest with a band called St. John. So they opened for Petra. They did all kinds of cool stuff. They went and they played in Spain. Mm, but, that's awesome. but we had our head screwed on straight. Yeah. We understood that we were doing this for the gospel. Right, right. And since that time, I mean, since the early days of Petra and some of these, you know, DeGarmo and Key, we were laughing about a, a DeGarmo and Key <laughs> concert that I went to in Portland the day I lost my grandma's bracelet. And it's a whole other thing. <laughs> But uh, I feel like we 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 become really consumed with bringing people in like the Willow Creek, you know, the seeker sensitive. We're so seeker sensitive. We're bringing these guys in and we get them in, but then we don't disciple them. Yeah. And so we're not changing anything. We're right. not changing the culture. We're not changing the world because these people don't know the word of God because the word of God changes you. Right. It's not a pastor from the front of a, of a church that changes you. That's the Holy Spirit right. that does that. Right. right. And, you know, the thing is, is. You know, some of these churches, and, and like I said, I, I listen to Christian music. I listen, I still listen to Lecrae, even though, I don't know, if, did you see Lecrae in the last no, election cycle? No. I mean, he was endorsing uh, Raphael Warnock. He was Get endor- out of town. Lecrae, what is Lecrae going Lecrae, on? Lecrae was, and, and look, here's the thing. I'm a Republican, but I also understand that, that there's evil on both sides. Republicans Absolutely and true. Democrats. Boy, I saw I mean, it on you, full yeah, display, you, <laughs> yes. You, you had to tell the, me. You had a front row seat of that. <laughs> uh, but when you're touring with people... And he's he was touring with Democrats, and yeah. it's like okay, touring with Democrats, I, I can understand that. I mean, Tulsi Gabbard, great example of a Democrat who who has it figured out. But when these Democrats are, when the Democrats that you're touring with openly stand for ungodly legislation, yeah. like yeah. you know, abortion and all that kind of stuff, and you're a Christian artist and you have a platform, and you're bringing people to Jesus, but mm-hmm. then you're, I mean, what mixed signals are you? And so I'm I'm a very so I have a 15 year old daughter. And I'm a very, I'm very, um, you know, I, I really let her know, hey, you need to be careful what you let in your head as far as music, even Christian, Christian yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't I, that's why I didn't let her watch Disney Channel growing up. I didn't yeah. let her watch Disney Dude, Channel. People Disney's thought I was on crazy. fire. Well, now I, they don't, now they know. Right, right. Yeah. But, but people thought I was crazy. I mean, I had, I had brothers and sisters back in the day saying, you don't let her watch Disney Channel? Yeah, What's wrong she, with you? you? You're ruining her childhood. Right. And I was like, <laughs> no, my mom taught me discernment. And, and she yeah. taught me, she taught me that, hey, look, there's, look beyond the surface. That's what discernment is. Being able to understand below the surface spiritually, we, we are fighting in, in a spiritual world that a lot of these Christians, and it, it ties into what we're talking about. A lot of these Christians don't understand that there's a spiritual world that we 
So it's okay. Yeah, go let your your uh, your kid listen to Miley Cyrus. Go let your kid listen to Bieber. They're, that song, the lyrics are fine in that song, but you don't understand who you're letting them follow. That's right. And I think that's where we're getting off track, Heidi, is, is in today's Christian world, it's not about judging because we're all flawed. My sin is no greater than a non-Christian. We're all sinners. Oh, but yes, yes, yes. But, but we are called as Christians to wise judgment, right. which is an awesome place to take a break. We'll be right back. All right. So I want to, I want to, I want to pick this bone with you for a second. Okay. Because a lot of what I hear in churches and from Christians, you know, so I've, I've been talking probably for the last, well, in 2017, I released a book called Becoming Mom Strong, How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith. Mm. One of the first Christian authors back in 2016 and 2017 to tackle the transgender movement. Mm. And I said back then, this is going to kill us. If we can't tell the truth, if the church can't be at the front of this, and if we yeah. can't tell the truth about it, we're going to be we're going to be injuring our kids and it will be irreparable. We're going to be doing right. ir- irreparable harm. Right. And the number of Christians that came out of the woodwork when Tyndale released that book and said, oh, my goodness, you're judging. Judge not lest you be judged. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. What a misunderstanding we have. So when when you say we're not called a judge, I'm assuming that what you, you're meaning is what Jesus actually said, which I can't judge the human heart. Only God can do that. Right. But Jesus himself said that a tree is known by its fruit. And we are called to righteous judgment. And so if we look at a tree and the fruit is rotten, I yeah. should be able to say to the person, who, you know, to, to the person who planted that orchard, well, you're, you got some pretty bad fruit growing in your orchard there, yeah, brother. Absolutely. And be able to judge the fruit. What say you? you? You know, the thing is, is it's a, you know, when you think of judgment, it's very complex because you have different angles at what judgment right. actually means. Okay, so you have like those uh, Westboro Baptist people right. who are out there with God these hates signs. gays right. and all that. And you're right? Going to hell yeah, and God's it's God, awful. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're it's ugly terrible. and all that kind of stuff. That that's yeah. that's the kind, that's the true judgment that we're actually that's mm-hmm. not biblical, right? Right. When I when I think of judgment, um, I I think of you know like what you just explained. You're you're more warning in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's more warning. I haven't read the book, but that's in my opinion. That's what we're called to do is warn. Um, now I've been at churches where. They have warned. There has to be a balance, Heidi, because yes. I've been at churches where they have gone too heavy on the judgment while making themselves look holy. And this is what I love about my church right now is they, the pastor's very open with his flaws. He's mm-hmm. very open that, hey, we're all sinners. And that yeah. like we, that's how church should function. You yeah. should not go in there as a non-believer and, you know, if Think you're, you're around a bunch of perfect people right, that have right. it all together, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And that well, is this not, is this right. is Paul, right? There, are none none of us are righteous. No, not yeah, not one. one. Yeah, right. and so um, that that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and um, if you're out there and see, here's my thing, and and this is why I have so many friends that don't see eye to eye to me. I just had um, a girl on the on the on my podcast last week. She's a progressive. She's a she's a lesbian. She's married. She has a wife. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, why would you have her on there? I'm like, mm-hmm. because. You have to understand that in order to get through to people, and which is not what I was doing, I just wanted to have her on and get her views because mm-hmm. she's voting Republican. I wanted to know why. Interesting. Um, but people, yeah, why? A lot of people, because she's because the Democrats have gone crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Democratic Party's gone crazy, but right. um, there, you have to focus on relationship before. I mean, if you don't know somebody and you're just telling them about their sins, I mean, you're not going to get anywhere with them. I've right. Trust me, I've tried it. Right. Uh, and if you're listening right now and you're trying to get through to somebody that's either in your family or on a friend or a friend that's a Democrat or that's a that's a non-religious, you're never going to win them over by pointing out their faults. You know how you're going to win them over through relationship, through loving on them, through yeah. getting to know them. And then little by little, your example, because it, it comes down to do you believe in the power of God or not? 
You know, I've seen God do crazy things t- with people that have been in my life. It, it is so encouraging. So we have, we have a, you know, we have a ton of followers on OFA and I grew up with people who were atheists who followed me. And eventually and all of a sudden I'm starting to see them at church. And all of a sudden they get curious because the power of God and the Holy yeah. Spirit is addicting for a reason. Cause it's supernatural. It's the truth. When people see truth and they get exposed to it. They want more of it. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, what was I doing out there with purple hair? And not if you have purple hair, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just making a point. Okay. What was I doing in that previous life? What was I chasing? Why, yeah, yeah. why was I doing these drugs and yeah, alcohol? It, it, so, and, it, and, it, and I just was empty at the end of the day. I felt right. empty at the end of the day. I think it's important to to know your audience. So, you know, as so i in my uh relationships and really in the ministry that God has entrusted to my husband and myself. My role has been primarily to the church, to wake up the church, wake up the sleeping church. And so God's given me a voice of exhortation. It's always been that way. My poor children, it's just because I am an exhorter by nature. And the Lord's really had to teach me um, mercy and teach me grace, you know, right? That we don't, we should never sacrifice truth on the altar of a misguided mercy. And also... The Bible says, "If you speak the with the with the 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 language of angels, but you don't have love, then you then what you're saying can't be received." But we need to know who the audience is. I think there needs to be more exhortation in the church, so the church can wake up and actually be the church, and then we disciple them and teach them how do you love people that are so broken that they think that men can have babies, right? Right? Or they're willing to uh, drag our kids to uh, to drag queens story hour, you know, little yeah. kids for yeah. goodness sake. There is an evil that has been unleashed in the world, the likes of which I have not seen in my lifetime, in my 52 years of of walking on this on this planet. Yeah. But you're absolutely right in that there are there are different uh, there are different spheres of influence. And I think what you're talking about is one sphere of influence. What you're talking about, you have sphere of influence with people who don't know Jesus. Yeah. And for you to walk up to him, for anybody to to uh, walk in and be all high and mighty and start pointing out their sins. You're right. Absolutely. Why would we do that? Jesus yeah. didn't do that. Yeah. Right. He, he entered into relationship and then he said, Hey, go and sin no more. Yeah. Right. Jesus changes people. I think, uh, so two things. One, uh, I'll just, I'll just kind of admit this to you. I haven't really told you this part, but when I saw you speak earlier in the year, I was going through this kind of phase where I was in this kind of like purgatory, this mental purgatory where I was like, Lord, do you want me in politics or do you want me serving the church? Do you want me to be a pastor? Do you want me in politics? And I was in this middle thing where I was getting so tired of politics because of the corruption that I've seen, even on, especially when you see corruption on the Republican side, folks, on the side that you're, that's supposed to be the same side and you're seeing concessions and you're seeing compromise from, from, with crazy things. We're not talking about compromising on what kind of coffee you want. We're talking about compromise on, on abortion. issues mm-hmm. like abortion, yeah. like this, this woke mm-hmm. garbage that mm-hmm. is being pushed by the, by the Democrats. I hate, hate, hate to keep saying Democrats, yeah. but I mean, it's, but it's com- true. It's That's where it's them. coming. It's mm-hmm. coming from. And, and this is not, these are not the JFK Democrats. No, right. No, not even close. And, and today's liberals, we're not even talking about liberalism. No, what we're talking about is the left and the left is evil. They're pushing evil. Extreme there left. There is evil that's coming out of the extreme left. Yep. And that is today's Democrat Party. It's by and large, it's the left. And that's kind of why we lose, Heidi. That's why we're losing. That's why um, we're getting our butts kicked. And that's why um, people keep voting Democrat, because our response, the, or I shouldn't say our, because um, but the Republican response is like one side goes so crazy, right? The left, extreme left, Democrats, they own that. They go mm-hmm. so crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what we do? 
we kind of meet them over near right. this crazy and be like, look, we're a little less crazy. No, you should be over here standing on your values. <laughs> Thank you. You know, what are we doing? Why are right. we compromising right. with these people? Right. You know, they're not compromising with us. They want to see that you're different. I'm telling you, I was at a, a, a big, giant Republican gala and, you know, in the middle of my run for Congress. Mm-hmm. And I heard their keynote speaker talk about how Republicans need to soften the language on abortion. And I wanted yeah. to st- I wanted to cry. I'm and there's a whole bunch of people nodding in agreement. I'm yeah, like, listen, should we should oh, yeah. we now should we now soften the language on slavery? Yeah, because there was a point in which that wasn't going to get you any votes, right? Not in the Congress, not in the Senate, not anywhere. Right? Did they soften the language on abortion? No, they kept telling the truth and telling the truth and telling the truth because the the uh, the wind is at the back of the pro life movement right now, right? Right. And here you've got these these um, Republicans who are like, well, I guess guess we should probably compromise. Really. You want to compromise with the sanctity of human life. You want to compromise with whether or not a child's life can be taken from it capriciously. That's what we're talking about right now. Yeah. But this is the modern Republican Party. And I <sighs> gave the the balance of my time at yeah. this event that I spoke at in Washington State. I didn't even talk about running for Congress. Yeah. I, I gave them a talk called What is a Republican? Yeah. And I just started <laughs> the very beginning that we've we've lost our way. You know, that's why, and, and to kind of bring it back around of what, when I was in that purgatory, your speech, you know, you balanced, I never saw anybody balance politics and religion the way you did. And it was so inspiring because I was like, whoa, this can be done. And there are people out there that still hold to godly principles. And here she is right here in front of me, Heidi St. John. It was inspiring, man. And you you should be proud. I know you've been going through a lot of stuff. I know, but you've been going through some persecution. You should be proud of, of everything you did because you're looking at a guy, look at, before OFA Media, it was called Oregonians for Trump. We we were the biggest Trump movement in Oregon. We we turned out thousands to to rally for Trump. Okay, um, and even even the guy that led that is starting to see that. Hey, look, you know, and and I will always think Trump was a great president. I will too. Yeah. But my biblical foundation and my discernment and my my kind of my Christian my Holy Spirit kind of spidey sense is going off when I'm getting close to these Trump. You know, when I had you come out, we, I don't know if uh, your listeners know this, but we were having a fundraiser. This is before I got COVID and my, everybody that was helping me out got COVID and, right. and we had to cancel it. <laughs> we had Will Witt coming out um, from PragerU and we had you and um, I was happy to have you. And I received emails. Why are you working against Turning Point? Why? And I was like, wait a minute. You're talking to the dude that, that, that ran the biggest Trump movement in Oregon in 2019 and 2020. What are you talking about working against Turning Point? Just because I'm having Heidi St. John and then I started waking up even more. It's like, yep. holy cow, we are fighting against a whole. This is it. Folks, it's it's not Republican, Democrat. It's good versus evil. And the day that you got that people figure figure that out, the more you're going to start to understand which are the good candidates and which are the candidates that are really just, you know, trying to get elected or trying to special, you know, yeah. appease their special interests. But, um, yeah, that speech that you gave was um, it, I was like, wow. And I think that's what that's that's what's that you've been on my mind lately is because I think we're so similar in that um, where we want to speak truth. And but we're also fighting against this political machine mm-hmm. that is just it's it's insane. And it's really sad to see that in some ways, President Trump, um, God love him and God love him for standing up for Israel and God love him for yeah. standing up for Christians. That's why that's why I supported him, because of how much he stood up for Israel and for mm-hmm. Christians. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, I feel like we're just getting a little bit off track here. Yeah, we are. Well, we're off track when we start putting personality above policy. And that's really what has happened. I think um, in many ways, Trump and of course, I was, a, you know, I'm, I was one of the biggest Trump fans on the face of the earth, you yeah, know, yeah. and uh, and 
it's it's too much to tell and not the right time. One day I will talk about all of the 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 back story of it and where the Lord yeah. has where the Lord's brought us through because we really did just walk through the fire. Yeah. Uh, but I learned something, and actually, I, God used it to open my eyes my eyes up to my own blindness. Yeah, because I I too was doing it right until I got into it and was like, oh my oh my goodness, right? Okay, just because. It's he's a person. He's a flawed man, and we need to start looking at okay, where does what is our role as believers in the culture, right? And how can we stand for righteousness? And how can we get good people elected? Because that's what we want to do, right? We're trying to get good people elected. We're trying to have good people on our library boards, for goodness' sake, and good people on our school boards. And and uh, that won't happen if good people don't run. Do you think you are obeying God when um you know they expect you to drop out? Because I think you guys had a pact, right? But there was a bunch of lies going on both sides. Yeah, and- yeah. I mean, I'm sure you prayed about it. Did you Did you feel like uh, it was the Lord that told you to stay in the race? Oh, I know I was supposed to stay in the yeah. race. And actually, I look back at it uh, today, and I think I'm hoping that my, like I've said to my to my audience, I, I don't like it. Obviously, I ran against Joe Kent. Yeah. But I hope that my my campaign and us running against each other, I hope it sharpens him. I hope he thinks about things that maybe he wouldn't have thought about before. Yeah. But people said, well, you had a pact and what, and what happened that night, which yeah. here's me, brand new, can't never run for anything in my life. Right. And now I'm running for Congress, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You I ran didn't a great like, campaign too. Uh, yeah, we, it, that was, holy Lord. But I get uh, in the, you know, and it was like a, uh, almost like a, a modern day witch hunt. Yeah. Because remember Jamie Herrera Butler just voted to impeach the president and people right. were angry. Yeah. And it's March, right? I announced my candidacy in February. And in March, I go to my very first political event. Yeah. And it's me and it's Joe Kent and it's a guy named Wadi Yakur. And they just said, if Trump endorses one of you, the other one, would the rest of you drop out? So it wasn't a pact. It was just a question. And right, I remember right, thinking right. Uh, when they asked the question, I was like, well, if whoever Trump endorses is going to suck the oxygen out of the room for everybody else. And that was my first thought. And I right. said, yeah, yeah, I, I guess I would do that. But at the time, I believed I believed that everybody on that stage was coming at it from the same place. Yeah. And I didn't understand the core the core uh, foundation of the primaries, which is yeah. to what we're what we're trying to do in the primaries is differentiate between the Republicans that want to run for the seat. And so yeah. the, the goal, I hope, is to get the true conservative is to sift, you know, put everybody goes through a sifting process. Yeah. So I made a a, a a very tactical, a tactically bad mistake mm. in that statement. I should have said, and had I had any political experience or savvy at all, I would have said, you know what? I don't, I don't want to answer that question until I get to know the guys that are on the stage with me. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been the right answer. Right. But I just assumed that all Republicans are the same. Well, guess that, what? That's, They're yeah. not. And I'm going to tell you something that, that's first time running. Um, those kind of mistakes are, are made all the time. Yeah. Okay. I've been working in politics. I've worked on a congressional campaign as a political director my my previous boss and my boss in that campaign used to work for Trump. He was a Trump advisor. Mm. Um, and then so I got I've got to pick the best brains. And I'm telling you, uh, for people that don't know how politics work, if people are mad at you out there for 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 staying in the race, it is unheard of, especially with all the momentum your your campaign had. And, and don't get me wrong. I like Joe Kent. I really do. I think yeah. I think he's a good candidate. I hope there's peace within that situation because there needs to be peace. I mean, well, right? no, we, there is there is peace. There good, is good, peace within good. it. Yeah. But I yeah. but I will say it would have been a mistake for you to drop out because what are you going to tell all your donors? What are you going to tell everybody that you, all your grassroots, everybody that you, that you convinced to believe in you, what are you going to tell them if you were to run for another position and they think you're just going to quit? So 
although it was a mistake on your part, it wasn't a mistake for you to stay in the race. It would have been detrimental to your reputation if you would have dropped out mm-hmm. even more than the flack that you got. So I think people don't know that because people don't understand how politics works and they don't yeah. understand how campaigns work. But I will say, um, you know, I've worked on state house races. I'm working on a city council race right now. I'm helping out with a rep- representative race in Oregon and helping out where I can, you know, and um, I'm telling you the, the political, if you're mad at her for staying in, you, you got to understand how this thing works because it would have been, you would have never been able to run again. I, I don't think for sure if yeah. you would have dropped out because well, you know. it's not even, like, I think the thing that, that, that made me the most upset was that the, my opponent uses to characterize me as a liar mm. and nothing could be further from the truth. It's I didn't, political talk, yeah, I didn't lie. Like I was like, I'm not. I mean, I, yeah. I gave the best answer I had at the moment and then I got new information and I changed my mind. I made a different decision, but I learned a lot and people are asking me all the time, you're going to run again. I don't know. Yeah. I, my, my passion, I mean, you're here at the homeschool resource center. You can see what we're doing. It's I have a, I have a, folks. It's beautiful. Uh, I have a brand new book coming out uh, next year that I'm excited about. Um, I speak to tens of thousands of people all over the country. Yeah. And what I want to do is get people off the bench and on, onto the battlefield. I mean, yeah. I feel like God asked me to run so that I could put my my money where my mouth is, so to speak. Right. So, so instead of me just telling everybody, get involved, get involved, I did the thing. Yeah. I ran for Congress and it was hard and it was painful, but I don't regret it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't, they come out of it and they're not okay. It injures, yeah. it injures marriages. My marriage is thriving. Our Good. kids are Good. doing well. Good. Uh, we got kids get got married and we had grandchildren born into this world while I was running for Congress. And I believe had I been outside of God's will for my life, those areas of my life would have suffered and they did not. They thrived. And so I look at that. uh, It did. It it does take a toll, uh, you know, and I think uh, being new to this whole thing. (laughs) I just had no idea. Let me let me let me give you some encouragement. Okay, I've seen some of the nastiest things said back in backdoor and in public. Of, of candidates saying bad things of each other. I've seen the worst. I've seen worse than being called a liar. I've seen worse than that. I mean, I've seen candidates attack each other for the most personal things. It's, mm. it's insane. But let me tell you something. They always seem to be okay after because they understand it's politics, right? And that's the dirty part of politics is you're going to get called names, even by your own opponent. That And that probably wasn't even Joe Kent's idea. It was probably one of his advisors as would go, you know what? It would probably be really good if he called her a liar right now. They know you're not a liar. We know you're not a liar. It's politics. And so I am, I just encourage you and whoever else is around you just to be proud of your your run for Congress, Mm. but you're doing such bigger things that, that, that all that garbage back there that you, all that mud that you got into, it's not worth going back in there anymore. Right. So everybody, just everybody, all the supporters of Heidi, just move on, um, you know, and be proud of what Heidi did too. And, and I'll, I'll say kind of bringing back our whole point of why Republicans are the way they are. And why they're such cowards. A lot of them are. You're not a coward. And you went through crazy persecution. And it's not the last time you're going to go through persecution. You know why? Because the Bible promises the more we speak truth, Jesus even says, you know, they hated me first. They're going to hate you. Yeah. You know, so he promises persecution when we follow after him. This isn't going to be the last time. And the day that I made peace with that, and if you're listening right now and you're, you're you're an outcast with your friends because you're standing for truth or anything like that, or you're a college kid going through, trust me, I've been there. I've been kicked mm. out of college classes because of, for speaking up. Get used to it, and the, the sooner you embrace it, the more at peace you're going to be because mm. it, it's just, this is, this is our battle. And, and a lot of these people that aren't going to want to do what we're doing, speaking truth, they're going to be massaged, and they're going to be invited to all those little parties, and they're going to be all with the cool kids. But guess what? When they stand before God one day, guess who's getting the rewards? Mm. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, 
and we're going over our life. Heidi, I'm telling you, people like you and people that speak truth are going to be given the, the biggest reward because we spoke truth and we didn't care about the persecution. Mm. It's why churches are failing today. It's why churches are, are going downhill. It's why they're starting to go down the woke path because they're cowards. Yeah, They're cowards. They're yeah. not, they're afraid to stand for truth. It's the same with Republicans. Those Interesting people. to note. And yeah. I wrote a Bible study called People Get Ready uh, at, a, at a membership organization that I run called MomStrong International. We have several thousand women that study the word of God with me every month. Mm-hmm. And a couple years ago, awesome. uh, I wrote a study for MomStrong International called People Get Ready. And we spent three months going through the book of Revelation. The very last chapter uh, of Revelation uh, in the very last paragraph, John is talking about what basically condemns people to hell. You know, it's the first first thing on the list, cowardice. And we often don't think, oh, if you're a coward, you're just afraid. But we, except, for, except for God said over and over again, don't be afraid, be strong and courageous. Right. You know, speak the truth. This is God's command. This is a, it's, it's a question of obedience. It's not a question of whether or not you're afraid. My grandma used to say to me, hey, Heidi, you can do anything. Just do it afraid. Right. Do it afraid. And I think that's where we are right now. We're walking this thing out in a time when uh, Christians are being canceled. They are being yeah. uh, persecuted. They are being lied about. You are having mud slung on you. So if you think you're going to walk out your front door and proclaim in the name of Jesus right. or even live how he wants you to live and not face persecution, uh, you don't understand the culture. Right. And we're, we're definitely understanding. I'm out of time for today, but I'm wondering, uh, I've, I've written down a bunch of things while you were talking to me. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. Would you be willing to come back tomorrow? And we'll pick this up where we left off. Yeah, I mean, I'd be, I'd be happy to. It'd be great. Thank you for coming on. It's well, really been a pleasure me. to have no, you. No, it's been fun. It was fun. It was fun. I went by fast. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Sure you guys have more information on my guest. I'm going to link back to OFA Media today at the show notes. I hope you guys will check it out and get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll see you back here again tomorrow.